Oh, I got a Mac, episode number three. Hey, everybody, this is Cliff Ravenscraft coming to you with a very special episode of Help I Got a Mac. Wanted to intro this because uh, what you are about to hear is not the typical sound quality of a Help I Got a Mac episode. And uh, so rather than let you just start hearing us talk on the telephone with very poor phone audio quality and think that that's what this show's all, all about, no, no, no. What happened was I was away on uh, a business trip uh, in Boston for a conference for podcasting and new media. And rather than uh, pass up the opportunity to bring to you guys our regular scheduled installment of our live show uh, during the same week that Leopard was released, we recorded a just off-the-cup version, basically using the uh, TalkShoes uh, telephone bridge to record the audio. So that's basically what's going on here with the sound of the show. I think the content makes this okay, and so I'm going to go ahead and release this to you now and turn it over to our recorded content, and we'll be back in the studio next week with our full audio production in force. Talk to you all later. God bless, and here's our episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Help I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. And we are here today, both of us dialed in, uh, using old technology, well, our cell phones anyway, uh, because I am currently at a conference in Boston uh, called PodCamp 2, and it has been an, an unbelievable weekend here in Boston, and all the great insight and the wonderful meet, people that I've met, just absolutely terrific, and I cannot wait to uh, follow up with those people after I get home. Of course, I'm looking forward to getting back to my wife and kids as well. And, uh, of course, we could not. We could not allow the fact that Cliff is not in the studio. Uh, to, we could not allow that fact to keep us from recording this weekend because Chris is going to tell us all the excitement about this weekend, why this weekend was so important in Mac history. So, uh, Chris, I'm going to let you take it over. I don't know. Why was it important? Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, uh, Friday, obviously, uh, all the Mac faithful know. Um, Apple finally launched, after a, after a brief delay, 10.5, uh, which is the new operating system, Leopard, as it's uh, called. Also, and it was pretty funny. I was at the launch at the Kimwood Town Center. Um, I was number 17 in line. I got there about 4 o'clock. And the line was pretty long. Um, I heard from some friends of mine on the inside that uh, about 1,200 people came and picked up a copy of Leopard on Friday night. And um, it was funny. There were people in the mall walking by asking what we were doing because they just saw this group of giant nerds in line by the Apple store waiting to get in. You know, there were people upset because they couldn't get their iPod fixed and all that kind of stuff. And, oh, my uh, God. Yeah, we, we just... We just, keep t- we just kept telling people that we were either waiting in line for our iPods to get fixed or we were waiting for, or, or we were waiting in line for free T-shirts. So it was a lot of fun, though, that at 6 o'clock, you know, they, the gates opened. They let us all in. We got our T-shirt, and uh, it was funny that we were all in line to pay Apple $129 or $199 
for a piece of software. It's uh it's it's kind of an unreal thing, and it was funny. I was talking to some of the staff there, there and it, they they said that they felt like this crowd was bigger than the one they had for the iPhone, which was which was kind of surprising. Actually, no, that doesn't surprise me at all. Not not even in the least, because the iPhone launch was, you know, it, <laughs> you had so many people that didn't want to go out and immediately buy the iPhone because of number one the the fact that it's it was locked to AT and T. And and also the fact that, well, it it was brand new. It's like they wanted to hear, how does this thing work? You know, what's it like in the real world? And, you know, the edge kind of thing with the, you know, it's great to have this, you know, awesome phone that has these abilities for for Internet browsing. Uh, But the edge network is definitely not the best network. And so I'm waiting until they come out with the next thing. So, yeah, that's the point of the, the point of entry was a lot lower too. Obviously, you know, you got five hundred and six hundred dollars or one hundred twenty nine dollars. So, you know, yeah, it, I agree. So, so I think I completely understand and, and cool. All right, so you installed this thing, is that correct? Oh, heck yeah, I installed. I, I was going to install it. I was going to bring my laptop with me, and I decided, you know, I had my laptop and my Lassie, you know, three hundred gig drive with me. And uh, my backpack was just too heavy, my, and my backpack strap broke. So I have to carry it, you know, with a little handle on top. And I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to install it later. So I get it, and then I went and had a couple beverages with some old ex-Apple employee friends of mine. And I was going to install it there, and I was like, man, I'm going to spill some kind of drink or food on my laptop. So I waited until I got home. So at 10 o'clock, I unwrapped the package popped it in my MacBook Pro, and I did a clean install. Um, and the reason I chose the clean install, I've been using Boot Camp and not using Boot Camp and partitioning and you know, repartitioning and all sorts of stuff. And I decided just to format the drive, do a clean install, and then migrate my data from the external hard drive because I used Super Duper to create an exact clone of my Tiger drive. And right. I had to... Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Okay. okay. Back off cowboy because here's the deal for the first of all there may be possibly some individuals who are hearing this podcast for the very first time and if so i do want to i do want to just tell you right here and now this podcast is devoted to the brand new mac user and and what i mean by that that somebody who has just got their first mac either in the last day in the last week the last month or maybe the last year and you still are kind of like, I haven't quite figured out everything I need to know to really be productive on my Mac. Or, and it's also devoted for somebody who is just on that fence. On the fence, you know, they're, they're just over there. They see the Kool-Aid on the other side of the fence, and they're not sure if they're ready to drink it and buy that Mac. You know, they've used the PC all their life. You know, and should they buy, should they not buy? That, you guys, if, if I just described you, this podcast is designed for you. Now, if this is your first podcast, two things. Number one, the audio quality here is much different than, than what you get in any of our other shows. Um, but being the situation as it may, we're here, both of us, by phone. The other thing, though, is tonight, we, this is a little bit more of an advanced topic, but I'm going to bring it around to, to kind of the new Mac user, the ones who have just got their Mac and haven't quite decided, you know, what, what do I do now that I've got a new operating system? So I'm going to do that, but I just want you, Chris, 
for just a moment to explain what a clean install is and, uh, and those other big, huge words you just used. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, sorry about that. Um, when, you, when you get the operating system, if you, if you bought it as an upgrade for, for someone who already has a Mac with an operating system on it, um, what a clean install does, it, it's, it's, it's exactly that. It takes your hard drive and erases everything on it. It reformats the whole drive. Just it's empty, and it puts uh, Leopard on it. What I did before I did that, I did it work. <laughs> um, I used a program called Super Duper, and uh, let me get the link for you. I'll, I'll find it here in a second. Um, what what it does is I, I hook a uh, a FireWire hard drive up to my Macintosh. And I run this program. It's from shirt-pocket.com, the Shirt Pocket software. Um, and what it does is it makes an exact copy of my hard drive on an, external, much, on an external hard drive. How much is that program? Uh, that program is absolutely free. Really? Yeah, they, they do make you, – you can purchase the program. And what it does is, is when you purchase the program – it lets you do uh, scheduled backups and smart updates and all that kind of stuff. And uh, to, to do that, it's, it's $28. Uh, but you can actually download the program and make clones of your drive absolutely free. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. And that's called Super Duper. So basically, if you have this brand new Mac and you're thinking about upgrading, uh, number one, if you have just opened it out of your, your pretty white box or whatever your, your ha personal Apple computer happens to be, uh, if you've just opened it, you don't need to do any of that. I mean, basically, you, you haven't done anything with your computer. You just slap in the disk and, and, and follow the instructions to install, correct? Yeah, and that's what some people don't, don't realize is uh, obviously Apple didn't – they're starting to ship uh, Macs now with – 10.5 installed, but all the computers that were at the store, and I saw a lot of people buying you know, two, three computers at a time when I was there, um, all those had an upgrade DVD inside the box. And all you do is you boot up, you know, you set your, you, you know, you set up your account and stuff, and then you pop in that disc and do an upgrade, and boom, you're done. Okay, question for you, and, and see if you know the answer to this. Now, because this is still fresh in my memory, I remember booting up my, my MacBook for the very first time and getting it all set up and turning it on. And once it does that, the very first thing it asks you to do is like, oh, wait, software update. So question for you, should you hit quit on that and say don't do this right now, or should you go ahead and do the software update and then stick the DVD in? Um, if it was me, I would probably go ahead and hit, go ahead and hit software update. And the reason is it's going to update other Apple programs, not just the operating system. So it's going to do some iLife 08 updates. So it's probably yeah. not a bad, probably not a bad idea to go ahead and update before Very you pop in that disk. All right. Thank you. And so now, um, so we've just described the people who just bought these Macs for the first time who have been waiting for Leopard. Uh, and so that takes care of them. But now back to this whole super-duper backup. So you install this super-duper backup software, and yep. you, need a, you need an external hard drive that is at least the size of the drive inside your Mac. 
Exactly. Um, I was fortunate enough to have one that was a few times bigger, so um, it didn't take you know any any time at all to do it. I did it while I went to lunch. So when I got back, it was already done and ready to go. Would so any, I get, go ahead. Would, would any USB external drive work, or do you prefer having a FireWire connection drive? Um, USB would work just fine. Uh, I personally prefer FireWire. Um, it's just you know, and it just so happens the drive I have has FireWire on it. FireWire just seems to be a faster constant rate. Um, when using hard drives than, than USB does to me. And um, because USB in theory is faster, but it's more of a burst rate, not a constant rate, where FireWire, you know, it, it seems to be a little bit faster. And a lot more power is taken down by FireWire, so you can, you don't need a, uh, for a lot of drives, you don't need an external power supply when you use a FireWire drive. Gotcha. All right, so these backups that it makes, now, on the PC side of things, you know, when Windows is running and you're trying to make up a backup of all your system files and everything there is to go with your, your whole entire system, the fact is, is you really can't make a true backup of, quote, unquote, everything and not lose some kind of settings in a restore process. But explain to the new user how Apple stores all of its functional files for you and all your settings and everything in a separate folder, is that right? Yeah, it puts all your documents and, and individual user settings and music and photos and all that stuff in a user folder inside your system. So all, all that kind of stuff is kind of detached from the system. Now to be completely honest, the, the first time I ran Super Duper on Friday was the first time I ever used the program. And as I was starting it up, I'm like, oh man, I might have to boot off you know, a disk or something, because I wasn't sure if I was able to make a backup of my drive while it was running live. And okay. Sure enough, sure enough, Super Duper was able to do it um, without me, you know, having to reboot or having to run it off of another computer. It just did it, and it, it was it was amazing. Okay, so you installed <laughs> Super Duper, the free version of it, and you did your backup to an external drive, and then. What did you do next? Um, well, after I did the backup to the external drive, I worked the rest of my day, you know, and then went and got the software. Okay, well, let's just assume that you already have the software. You just stick in the DVD right after you've done your backup? Uh, yeah, what I did is I, uh, you know, I, 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 I didn't have my drive connected or anything like that. Um, and I did the clean install. And okay, then so... so so clean and so when you when you stick in the DVD, are you telling me there are two options to choose from? There's a couple options to choose from. Okay, tell us those options. Sure. Uh, the first one is just a, a, a straight upgrade. It'll just you know it'll just upgrade the the, the necessary files to bring 10.4 or whatever up to 10.5, and that doesn't delete any of your settings or music or movies or anything like that. It just upgrades the operating system. Okay. The next option is to do an archive and install. Now what an archive and install does is it takes your user settings, your user folder where all your stuff's stored, all your personal stuff, moves it off to the side, takes the operating system files, the old ones, and puts it in a folder called previous system. 
Then it installs 10.5 onto your computer and then puts all your user settings and stuff like that back onto the operating system. Okay. And that's what, I norm that's what I normally do, just to knock the cobwebs out of the system if there's any. Um, but this time, since I've been, I was running Boot Camp, which allows you to put Windows on your Mac, and what it does is it, it's got a re it it takes your your physical hard drive where where all your storage is, and kind of splits it up into two different pieces. One side's for the Macintosh, and one side's for Windows. Uh -huh. And I've been and I've been doing this off and on for the past few months. And sometimes that can cause some weirdness to happen with the drive, and you know, it, it sometimes some trouble can happen, or or can make the drive corrupted if you if you do it over and over again. So in an effort to kind of make sure that I had no problems with the hard drive, I did a clean install. And what the clean install does is completely erases the hard drive, resets it all back up, and then installs the operating system to an empty drive. Okay. So now, okay. Okay, good. Go ahead. Well, after it did that it rebooted. Came up and did the cool little ten point five intro movie. Uh then it asked you know, it went through a couple questions and what it asked me to do is if I wanted to migrate my information from another Macintosh. So in when you buy a Mac, if you've got an old Macintosh that you're replacing, you yeah. have the opportunity through a FireWire cable to hook up your old Macintosh to your new Macintosh, and it'll transfer your user information and all that kind of stuff to the new Mac. Oh, wow, cool. And I, I've done it tons of times when I was a Mac genius, never really ever had an issue with it. So what I did is since I had this exact copy of my Mac on this external hard drive, yes. I hooked it up to my, my MacBook Pro, and the operating system goes, oh, you've hooked up a Macintosh to it. Do you want me to copy your data over? Oh, wow. So it copies my applications. It copies my settings. It copies all my documents everything over to the new Macintosh. And this process took about 45 minutes or so. I had about 30 gigs to transfer over. And uh, I did that, and then it started up, and it was, I was on a brand new system. It was, it was fantastic. How, how long are, so you said it took about 30 minutes? Yeah, the whole, I would say the whole process took about an hour. Okay. And uh, I, I've been using it ever since, and I have not had any problems with it at all. Gotcha. Actually, I think uh, the, fact, the only issue I did have was with my uh, Cisco VPN software. I had to reinstall it, and that was it. Okay, I have a question for you. Let's just say somebody doesn't have um, an external drive. Mm -hmm. Is there what I mean? Is it not a good idea to just go ahead and hit the the upgrade button? Um, or, and or actually, update. That's a great question. Um, what I did for my other computer is I did do just a straight upgrade on my MacBook. 
And the reason for that is I, I was going to try to just see what, see what happens when I did an upgrade because normally I wouldn't have that external drive. And so a lot of people don't. And the upgrade went just as flawless as my clean install did on my, on my other laptop. It worked just as well. Okay. So, okay, that's cool. That's good to know. All right, so we've talk, I think we've covered the basic options. We've, we've covered the person who uh, may go out to buy a Mac at the store, what to do if you get a DVD to, to upgrade right away. We've, we've handled the person who has either just got their Mac uh, or ha has had it for a little while or the longtime user. Of course, they've already, they should hopefully all know all this, but if not, hopefully this has been helpful. Um, so we're installed. No matter what the situation is, we're installed. Now, yep. um, yeah, so now let's go ahead and talk about what was your first impression. My first impression was, wow, they've kind of made some changes. Um, the, uh, they're going with this whole space theme. You know, if you, if you buy the box, you buy the retail box of the operating system, it's got this whole space motif and the new default desktop is the star field. And I guess they're, they're using that time machine backup as kind of like the basis of the look and feel of it. Um, but it, it looks familiar, but it looks different at the same time. The, the dock at the bottom area where you can launch software has this shelf kind of 3D look to it with reflective surfaces and uh, yeah, some of the icons have changed, but what I've really noticed, and it, it could just be my fanboy be in me doing this, but it seems to be faster. Yeah. It everything seems to be faster on it. it mail, I, I use Apple's built-in mail application, and it just flies. It used to hang up, uh, and I couldn't close it all the time, and. A lot, if a lot of messages got in there, it just got really slow. And so far, mail is just fantastic. Now, I'm not a like a super duper techie, but correct me if I'm wrong. But don't these new MacBooks and stuff? Don't don't these all have these these dual core chip processors and stuff? They do. Okay. Um, is it is it now when the previous version was released? Obviously. That was quite some time ago when uh, Tiger came out, right? Right. So Tiger wasn't written specifically geared towards taking advantage of all this. I'm sure they did some upgrades and 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 rewrote some code to to kind of do that through some of their upgrade through some of their updates. But but it seems to me that knowing that all new systems are kind of like this, maybe they do you think from the ground up they they built it straight for maximum efficiency, knowing that, that this is the platform it's going on? I think so. Uh, all the new systems that are being sold now are 64-bit. All the Core 2 Duo stuff, obviously all the, all the Mac Pro, the Xeon stuff is all 64-bit. And they've taken advantage of that and the operating system. Tiger had some 64-bit aware stuff in it for the G5 processor, but now Leopard is 64-bit throughout. You know, it can handle larger memory addresses and things like that. The, what, what this really means for Mac users is that the system is able to process larger chunks of information so things go faster. 
plus the operating system is aware of the dual processors and quad processors and all that, it can take advantage and optimize, you know, op it, it can, since, since it can handle these larger chunks and knows, it knows where to pass them out, it just handles everything a lot more efficiently. So let's see here. Let me ask you another question. Uh, and, and we didn't cover this in the installation thing, but I, I see somebody else out there saying G5. Now G5, that's the processors before these whole Intel chip thingies, right? Yeah, the G5 was the last desktop processor made by IBM and Apple uh, before we went to Intel. Uh, they were never ever seen in a laptop just because the amount of cooling that was required for these chips were crazy. Uh, they had liquid cooling and all sorts of fans. They, they just ran really, really super hot. What if I had one of those computers or maybe something that I bought, I don't know, what, five years ago? Or uh, let's, No, let's be realistic. Let's say four, three or four years ago. If I bought one that, that definitely didn't have Intel, but it was in this thing three, maybe four years old, is that, knowing that these are completely written for different processors, will the upgrade to Leopard work on those old machines? Yeah, that's the funny thing about Apple, is that it seems that with every upgrade of the OS, even legacy systems were faster. I don't know what kind of voodoo, I don't know if they're using voodoo dolls or what, but some kind of black magic they have that even the older systems always seem to run faster. And I've heard that the baseline system is an 867 uh, megahertz G4, which those... Those were out, I would say that the 12-inch PowerBook came out in 2003 or so. That was that speed uh, and on up. And I've, I've read that if, as long as you have a lot of RAM, about a gig or more of RAM in your system, you're fine. Uh, the base RAM for the upgrade now is 512, and I would say that's probably going to even be pushing it. I would say a gig or more. But uh, Apple's really good at making the older processors work just fine with these updates. Awesome. Michael King is on the line with us, and he's requested the chat. Hey, Michael, go ahead. Yeah, I'm running right now. Since I'm, having, I'm one of the few that's having trouble with TalkShoe. I'm having to run uh, it on uh, Tiger. But my G5, I also have the Intels. But my G5, I've got dual booting both Leopard and Tiger, and it runs so much better on Leopard. And I do, the oldest machine I have is a 1.25 uh, lampshade type iMac. I installed Leopard on it, and it ran beautifully. Hey, Michael, on the talk show end of things, uh, I've heard uh, Victor from the Typical Mac User Podcast, he was tweeting the other day, he said that he couldn't get TalkShoe to work, uh, and he talked to them, and what he had to do is he had to go in and uninstall TalkShoe, re-download it, install it, and he said it worked beautifully. Yeah, and he also stopped working again. He had to do his show today in, oh. uh, in Tiger. And he, had, he was using the Mac Pro like I have, and he has a drive that has Tiger in it, and he has another drive that runs uh, Leopard. So wow. he's doing his show today in Leopard. Uh, I'm sorry, Tiger. And that's what I'm doing right now. I've got two drives in my G5, and one has a Leopard drive. The other one's Tiger. And that's the only way I can get in here, that or get on the PC, which I don't want to do. The only, oh, thing wow. I think, the, only, the only thing I can think of is it, is it could be a Java issue. Um, but, man, I don't even know where to begin. All I know is it's, it's, 
it's running beautifully on mine. I'm not going to stop it and try to load it back up just in case that I can't have an issue too. But luckily I do have Tiger um, on an external drive. If I have to. Well, I, here's, I can that is, that. I, and of course a uh, web guy's in the room. He says he's tried it and he still can't get it to work. Um, obviously that, you know, seems to be that, you know, some software developers out there that have written stuff to work for their platform maybe isn't working in Leopard. And that right there, and, and that's kind of a transition into this whole thing. See, <coughs> excuse me, Chris, you're an early adopter. You're a super Mac fan. And one of the things for me is like, you know, I, I just bought this Mac, what, five months ago now, or maybe six or seven. I can't even remember anymore. But the thing is, is I love it. It works great. It does everything that I want it to do, with the exception that I'm still struggling to find that very simple, easy-to-use, quick, in-and-out kind of uh, crop and, and then do some other adding texts and shadows and all that stuff with some images for free or very next to nothing. But uh, it's still, it, it, for what I wanted to do, it works beautifully. So I'm kind of hesitant to move up to Leopard until these other third-party applications can kind of catch up to speed. What, yeah. what is your thought on that? Uh, I don't argue that at all. Um, I'm one of those guys that I'm going to get it regardless. Uh, even, if, even if I know that an application that I need isn't going to work the best, I'll find a way to make it work. Um, Apple generally is pretty good on getting that point one release out within a month. I would say we're going to see a huge list of bug fixes probably before the end of, of November. And, yeah. and I'm going to give my, my thought on this. Like, number one, if TalkShoe doesn't work on Leopard, well, to do my live shows, well, hello, I need, I, I'm going to have to stay with Tiger until I get all the reports from in that say it's running, it's fixing, it's, it's ready to go. Right. So, and, and here, and this is just my overly cautious thing. If you've just got a Mac and you just got it maybe, a, you know, two or three weeks ago and they're offering, well, we'll go into that. Remind me about the, the offer to people who bought it before it was released because uh, I can't forget to talk about that. But let's just say you just went to the store today, you've got a, a brand-new Mac, and it came with the DVD because it wasn't already pre-installed for you. My personal opinion, my personal opinion, don't install Leopard. Go ahead and get it set up, play around with it, and, and then do the update once they release Leopard 10.0. Uh, or whatever it is, the next 10.5.1 or whatever that thing. What, what's it called? What are they at? 10.5. Okay, yes. So wait till they release 10.5.1, and, and then what you can do is stick the DVD in, then do your update, bring it up to the Leopard, and then, have, then do run software update and bring it to 10.5.1. Hopefully things will be ironed out by then. That's just my own personal preference. Yeah, and, I, my, I, and my own personal advice. I I disagree on, on someone who, who just went to the Apple Store today and bought a Mac. They have absolutely nothing to lose at this point by installing 10.5 because they have nothing that, you know, it, they're going with a, they're, they're going from nothing 
they might as well go ahead and update and be ready to go. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, a lot of my listeners would love to come and participate in TalkShoe. And until TalkShoe can get it worked out, well, if you, if you moved over to the Mac, you can't do that until they get that worked out. Well, I, I think if it's, if, it's, if it's a job issue, it's going to be worked out really, really, really soon, either on TalkShoe's side or on Apple's side themselves. They're really, really fast. On, on getting this kind of stuff resolved. See, that, just, and and, and, and just, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong, okay? So I'm not saying you're wrong, and, and, and that's, that's why I think it's cool to do this show and have the two of us because you're like, ah, you know, it's the Mac. Get used to it and, 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 you know, go ahead and use all the things that were written for it. It'll take you a while before you start to venture out in the third-party apps. I see that point. However, like I said, there, there were some things immediately – you know, sure, when I opened up my MacBook, I immediately opened it up, and it's like, oh, yeah, there's the whole iLife suite. There was this. There's all these things. And it's like, man, I should really get in there and start playing around and figuring out how that works. No, that's not, that's not what Cliff did. What Cliff did is he immediately went to third-party software. He immediately started to, to try to install the programs that he needed to kind of do the things. You know, the things like the FTP client, you know, and all these other different third-party applications, the, the shareware, the freeware, and all those things. And some of those things may not, and, and from reports, are not yet working with Leopard. And that would be so frustrating to me, to having just bought this brand-new system, and boom, I can't even log in to talk to you. Now, that may not be Apple's fault, but I would be frustrated. Yeah, I understand. And it, but the fact that I'm, I'm in right now, it's just... It's just weird. I don't know. I don't know what makes my situation any different than anybody else's. But you know that that always happens. You know, you get those people that are like, "Well, it doesn't work for me," and they're like, oh, "You know, it's working for me just fine." And that doesn't prove anything at all, um, other than a lot of people may have the same, you know, a, the same kind of application installed. They, I know that uh, if you if you used uh, a program from Unsanity Software. It was an application enhancer program. You're getting what's what's commonly referred to in app in the Apple world as the blue screen of death. And what the blue screen of death is, it's not like the one that you get from Windows. It's not a memory dump or some kind of fault tolerance protection voodoo blah blah blah. What it is is when you boot up, you get a blue screen with a spinning dark gray gear, and it stays there indefinitely. And what we yeah. found out is, is, is some poorly written third-party software that's causing an issue. Right. Um, so it, and, and that's the thing, too. You never know what, what kind of application. Everybody may have something who's having a problem may have something installed that's similar that might be yeah, a little I, obscure, I, might not be. You know, it might be something for a little more of the techie guy. You know, I don't know. I, I very rarely run programs that make changes to the control panel like growl and and things like that i i try to kind of avoid those because they do cause some kind of weirdnesses and you know we're obviously seeing uh, an issue right now and and like michael king said generally when you have a weird issue like that an archive an install or a clean install from an from an existing system is going to fix those issues and that's and that's why i did the clean install because I was like, well, you know, I was doing a lot of things. I do a lot of testing with my job with my Mac. 
I'm going to try to avoid any issues and clean out all those system files that may have been hanging around from old applications that I uninstalled. And so far, I've been fine without an issue at all. Okay, we're going to bring Michael King on uh, for one more second, and then I want to change the subject. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, I was going to talk about that uh, blue screen bit, that uh, APE. Yeah, and also, when you try to uninstall it, like I knew that it causes some problems, so I uninstalled it. It leaves a little bit of itself in there. And yes, you'll get that uh, blue screen. And the only way to fix it is to archive and install, because I did it to two of my MacBook Pros. And that's how it's the only way I was going to get it to fix. Once I did that, Leopard runs beautifully. There is a cool little application I'm going to recommend. Um, it does, it obviously runs in the System Preferences panel uh, called App Trap. And what I found is it does, it, it'll, it, it's kind of like App Zapper. And what, what a lot of new Mac people, the first question I get from people who just bought a Mac is, how do I uninstall a program? Yeah. And the short answer is you just throw it away which totally blows the mind of most people because if you throw away an application in Windows, there's a lot of DLL files and all sorts of other stuff that it throws all over the operating system. Yep. Nine, nine, nine times out of ten on a Mac, all those files that are associated with that program are actually inside the program. It's an encapsulated file. You know, It's like a capsule. Everything's in there. Every once in a while, though, it, it'll throw some helper files into the library. And what this app trap program does is it kind of traces where everything goes. And when you throw a program away, it says there's some little chunks of file. Do you want me to take those too? And you hit yes, and boom, it throws everything away. And I'm trying to remember where I found this program. I actually forgot I had it installed on my computer. <laughs> so I can tell you right now, it works with Leopard. <laughs> okay. Very cool. Well, okay. So. The other question, or the other point I wanted to make sure we didn't gloss over is let's just, if you just got a Mac a couple weeks ago and you're like, oh, now they're bringing this new operating system, I, why did I, I wish I would have waited because I, now I'm going to be out this money. They, uh, with Apple, tell us the deal, Chris, with uh, the ability to go and get the coupon for the free upgrade. Yeah, they should tell you, at, they should have told you at Apple, uh, when you bought your computer right when they announced the up-to-date program. But if you didn't, if you go to apple.com slash macosx slash up-to-date, all one word, uh, you'll find out about the Leopard up-to-date program. And what okay. it is, is uh, if you bought your computer on or after October 1st, and it didn't have 10.5 in it, you can get the disk for... $10.95, or $9.95 to $10. Oh, okay. Now, there's yeah. a lot of rumors going around that it's free. Well, is it free if you go in the store, maybe? There's been some anecdotal evidence that they'll, they'll give you a flat pack. Technically, they're going to tell you to, to do this because they, they want to track it that way. Uh, that's, okay. been my, that, that, that's been my... Um, my experience in the past when I worked at Apple that if you're a noisy customer, they'll just go ahead and give you a flat pack because, you know, they want to keep you happy. But really you should, you know, do the order form, pay the 10 bucks for the, for the shipping and, and just get the disc that way. I got gotcha. you. All right. So, okay. So we got your initial impression. 
We've got it installed. Tell me about some of the new features that you're excited about. Well, uh, first off, about iChat is, is really, really awesome. Um, I've been playing around with a lot of the – it's got some new features where you can have moving backgrounds and, and things like that, and that works okay. You have to have a, a relatively uh, plain background when you, when you do the little, the little trick to kind of to kind of cut your image out of the background. And I've had some, some things work with it and not work with it. It works okay. The thing that I'm pretty excited about in iChat, though, is the ability to do screen sharing. So if you and I are talking to each other over iChat and there's something that you want me to show you, instead of me explaining it to you, you can share your screen with me and I can control your, your system just like I was sitting in front of it, only you know, I'm not and you're right there watching me do it. That oh, is wow. awesome. It's worked flawlessly with everybody I've tried it with so far. I got a question for you. What if you had one Mac at home and one Mac somewhere else? Can you set iChat to automatically, uh, like in Skype, you can set it to automatically answer calls and automatically turn on video uh, when, when you call in? Because I did that as like a home monitoring system and to check up on the kids when we were in Mexico with Skype. Are you able to do something similar with uh, your, your iChat where you can set it to automatically accept the call and automatically turn on the desktop share uh, when a certain user ID calls in? Uh, no, and, the, and the, I'm guessing the, the main reason why they, they don't implement that is because they want to sell you .Mac because they've got a feature called Back to, Back to My Mac where if your computer at home is connected to the Internet and you're at work, using .Mac you can connect to your home computer. So they probably want to sell that back to my Mac feature in .Mac for that instead. All righty. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, we're already at you know just about 40 minutes now into this podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, we're going to wrap up for this week. I think this is some great information, and, and I think it was very timely. Uh, and, and really it was a necessity regardless of the call quality at least get this information out there right away so people can hear this and kind of make some decisions on how they're going to back up and install or how they're just going to upgrade or whether or not they should probably just wait maybe another three or four weeks. You know, whatever your decision is, I mean, it, I, I'm sure that no matter what you decide, uh, you know, if you run into some issues, it's going to be worked out, in, you know, relatively quickly, whatever. So, uh, but what I'd like to do next week, uh, Chris, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, is, is maybe next week cover some of those, those new features in Leopard that are there that may make the decision to possibly go ahead and, and sink the money into a, a switching to Mac. You know, what is it about Leopard that is now there that wasn't in Tiger that makes it even more of an appealing decision? Absolutely, and, and I will just let you know that my talk to client just locked up on me. So gotcha. We might we, that might be the beginning of the end for my talk to on on Leopard for right now. <laughs> All righty. Well, anyway, thank you everybody for listening to this podcast, Chris. It, it, it's always an honor to have you in here. I'm so glad to have you as a co-host because it's really neat to have somebody who knows what they're talking about. Uh, I'm totally interested in all of this stuff, but. Uh, I think I think the the you know this 
constant, just exploring the possibilities is, is very useful. And so I appreciate you, man. Uh, and I appreciate you. And you have a safe <laughs> trip back from uh, Boston. I will, man. So uh, we'll be back next week on Talk Show. Uh, basically, go to gspn.tv. You'll see this and 13 other podcasts that I produce. And uh, there's always going to be a link there on the very front page that with our uh, live schedule. And uh, Sunday night, 9.30, click on that uh, link to our live show, and you can participate with us there. So until next time, uh, join the community.